Good afternoon again, members and guests. My name is Glenn Parkinson, Canadian Club Toronto President and your host this afternoon. A special welcome to those of you joining us online at canadianclub.org as well. Our club would not be able to host these events without the generous support of our sponsors, and today's event is generously sponsored by TD Bank. So please. We'd also like to thank our seasoned sponsor, Canadian Bankers Association. Yep, yep, for sure. And our airline partner, Air Canada. Thank you for helping support the travel of many of our speakers. And our partnership with Canada's Forest Trust also helps us offset the carbon impact of our events every season, and this season is no different, so we value their partnership as well. Now here at Canadian Club Toronto, we often invite young leaders to join us at our events, and today we are welcoming representatives from Toronto Metropolitan University, the C Centre for Young Black Professionals, and Urban Promise Toronto. Again, uh, sponsored by TD. Thank you again, thank you again, TD. Um, one of the great things about having young leaders join us is they have a lot of questions and they aren't afraid to ask them. So that, that makes our events really lively and really interactive. And we designed them to be that way and we value that participation. So um, here's our chance to learn more about the Black Business and Professionals Association. What questions might you have for the new CEO? What are her plans to elevate the experience of black professionals and business owners? What role could allies play and should play to make the business environment more inclusive? I'm sure you've got many other questions. You'll find question cards in the center of your table, so fill them out, hold them up, and we will bring them to the front. Similarly, for those of you online, you'll see a button on the right-hand side of your screen that says click to submit a question. So please do so, and we will bring your question into the discussion at the end of the, at the, end of the afternoon. And now I'm pleased to introduce our guest speaker. On January 22nd, Leanne Hannaway became the new Chief Executive Officer of the Black Business and Professional Association, the BBPA, the leading national organization supporting black professionals and entrepreneurs. Leanne brings 25 years of experience and a proven track record of success in strategic leadership and transformation, governance, financial management, and community development. Known for her can-do attitude and passion for championing black communities, she brings her energy now to further build on the BBPA's 40-plus year legacy and to take the organization to the next level of contribution and service. Before joining the BBPA, Leanne served in key leadership roles, including as a partner at KPMG and managing director, finance and corporate controller at TMX Group. She has served as chief operating officer at the Black Professionals Tech Network and is currently a board member at Meridian Credit Union, Equality Funds, and Kids Help Phone. Yes. She's actively contributed to the Black Female Accountants Network, the Canadian Association of Urban Finance Professionals, and Civic Action's Emerging Leaders Network. Joining Leanne in conversation is Nick Chambers. As a leader in Boyan's social in Boyden's social impact practice. He specializes in executive and board recruitment and for publicly and charitably funded Canadian organizations. A lifelong volunteer, 
Nick is currently vice chair of the board of Soul Pepper Theatre and a board director on the, for the Association of Executive Search and Leadership Consultants. He's also a former president of Canadian Club Toronto. We're gonna to begin the discussion with Leanne providing some remarks, and then Nick is going to join her in conversation for the back half of the time and welcome your questions and have a bit of a dialogue. So with that, Leanne, the Canadian Club Toronto podium is yours. Good afternoon. Thank you, thank you. Oftentimes when African people come together, we start with giving thanks. It's a ceremonial thing that we do at the beginning of such instances. So first, I really want to give thanks for the opportunity to be at this podium, and in doing so, recognizing the rich history and diversity of the land that we gather on. These are territories of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, the Windat peoples. And we now call this place Toronto, which is home to many First Nations, Inuit and Métis people. In acknowledging, I would also like to acknowledge the varied people who have come to this land and pay tribute to our ancestors of African origin and descent to acknowledge that not all people came to these lands as migrants and settlers. I wish to acknowledge those of us that are here, in, who came here involuntarily, particularly those who were brought to Turtle Island as a result of the transatlantic slave trade and slavery. And lastly, in giving thanks, I want to give my heartfelt gratitude to the Canadian Club of Toronto for this prestigious podium and sincere appreciation for our sponsors, TD Bank, the Canadian Bankers Association, Air Canada, and the Canadian Forest Trust. One last you know, group, not, not least, that I just want to um, acknowledge in the room, Mitzi Hunter, former MPP for Scarborough Goodwood. Thank you for being in the room. <laughs> Kathy Hay, president and CEO of Kids Help Phone as well. And I just want to thank you all for joining us today. Who am I? Who am I? No. My name is Leanne Hannaway, and I'm a chartered professional accountant with over 25 years of financial services experience. And about a month ago, I was appointed to the role of CEO of the Black Business and Professional Association. Founded over 42 years ago by Denim Jolly and a group of black professionals, the BBPA is now Canada's leading national association supporting black business, professionals, and entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast. Some of you may know our association from our Harry Drome Awards, a national awards event that takes place every year. This year, take out your agendas, April 27th. And we recognize and honor excellence and achievement within the black professional and business community across this nation. Today, the BBPA impacts thousands through our programs in business planning, in marketing, financial literacy, and scholarships for higher education. We have some BBPA Scholarship Award Room winners right here in this room today. We do this by fostering partnerships with government, academia, corporates, and community organizations. 
Now, the BBPA, to introduce some more DEI language to this conversation, is a B3 organization. And that means we are Black-focused, we are Black-serving, and Black-led. And there would be a time, probably not in the not-too-distant past, where when you identify as Black, it was often accompanied by another question. Where are you from? This inquiry in the past, I used to navigate it uh, probably not in the best way, but now as I move forward, I say with pride that I am Canadian. I was born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I have roots in Jamaica and Trinidad. And last year, if you're following me on LinkedIn, I just took a DNA test, turns out, I'm 50% from the Minday people. I'm gonna keep it clean in this, in this talk. <laughs> they hail from West Africa. But what's important here is that I belong here in Canada. That feeling of diversity, equity, inclusion, we need to belong here in Canada. And the BBPA, that's what we do for black business. That's what we do for black pro professionals. We create the structures and the partnerships so that black business, black professionals, can not only belong, but they can thrive in our Canadian economy. The BBPA is structurally important to sustaining a culture of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, right here in Canada. We bridge opportunity to access between black professional talent and corporate Canada. In doing so, we help to overcome some of the systemic barriers of discrimination that have existed in this country and continue to embed themselves in our systems. We provide the black business community with support needed to access opportunities and resources to succeed in our Canadian economy. And I'm gonna talk about three such programs that we have at the BBPA in a little bit. We also bring leaders together to celebrate black achievement with our BBPA Harry Drome Awards. And two illustrious BBPA Harry Drome winners are here today at the head table. So I just really wanna recognize again, Colleen Ward and Al Ramsey. We recognize your achievement along with all of our other BBPA uh, Harry Drome Award winners because you inspire not only within black communities but outside of black communities. And doing so reminds us that we all as black Canadians are a positive contributor to the success of Canada. When do we celebrate the success? In February. Shortest month in the year, we get an extra day this year. But February is Black History Month. And Black History Month is where we cultivate belonging. We provide an opportunity for Canadians to celebrate the rich diversity of our black communities, recognizing its importance. We sometimes hear questions about what is the best way to honor this particular month, Black History Month. Often the question is, what might this look like? That to me is tactics. And we do share some tactics of the do's and don'ts of how you can honor Black History Month. But I think a more important question is, what would it feel like? Well, I attended a DEI training the other day and the facilitator, a black man greeted me with, Happy Black History Month, to which I replied the same, Happy Black History Month. And he quickly and graciously corrected me. He said, the better answer is, happy to be black. So what are we doing as corporate leaders so that our black employees, our black youth, our black businesses are ready to reply, happy to be black here in Canada. 
And I'm gonna take the rest of my time here to just share some of the ways that the BBPA, together with its partners, some here, or here in this room, are working to support black business in this regard. One of the ways is we support Canadian communities. According to Statistics Canada, there are over 66,800 black businesses here in Canada. Over half of those businesses are owned by immigrants to this country who face unique challenges. At the BPPA, we didn't need a study to understand these challenges because we are in community, and we created a program focusing on Little Jamaica. For those of you not from Toronto, Little Jamaica is in the Eglinton West District, and it can trace its roots all the way back to the 1950s, where a lot of settlers came from the Caribbean, with the largest percentage coming from Jamaica. More recently, this region of a brilliant community hub has undergone significant challenges. 13 years of LRT construction, chronic underinvestment, that has led to a lack of awareness of this rich cultural history and retail vibrancy that we have here in Canada. So the BBPA, partnering with the City of Toronto, we supported over 90 black businesses with the aim to get grant funding to help them secure loans, to change the way fabric of that neighborhood, to reposition to it, reposition it as a vibrant black cultural destination in Toronto. And our phase two, we are not done yet. We aim to continue the success. Now, when I'm speaking about DEI, what can we do if we really double down on it with an example like Little Jamaica? Imagine we could replicate this success in other communities where there are lots of black individuals. Imagine we can partner with other B3 organizations, like Ryan Knight, who is part of the African Canadian Business Network, who is, has a really strong skill on grant writing. We could replicate the success in other communities, Durham, Brampton, Edmonton. Just think about what we could do if we could double down on this. Another great thing that we do with the BBPA is we empower women, particularly black women, of course. We face specific challenges, right? Both unique to our race and our gender, as well as other intersecting identities, like immigration as an example. The BBPA's Rise Up Women Plus program, now in its third year, empowers black women entrepreneurs, offering equity-free funding and access to resources. In 2023, over 1,500 black women applied, with 10 receiving $10,000 grants and 14 receiving $2,000 grants. One of our winners, Erica London, CEO and founder of, and principal author at Color Their World is here at the head table. Her publishing company of educational tools support growth and development. What would it look like if we were to double down on this DEI initiative for black women? Especially since black women tend to head up a lot of our households and a lot of our communities. The last area I want to talk about are the program with the BBPA, but it's not the last program that we do have at the BBPA, I just want to stress that, is that we also help create black businesses. We help give them the supports that they need to be incorporated and to, to thrive. Statistics actually reveal that only 2.9% of unincorporated businesses and 1.6% of incorporated businesses are owned by black people. That is less than the percentage 
of the general population of black individuals. At the BBPA, we created the BAIDS program, the Black Advisory Implementation Development Service Program, to support the sustainability of businesses, black businesses. We provide full business management services, helping over 600 businesses to thrive and build wealth in our communities. 85% of these businesses have benefited from these services to secure investment and loans from traditional sources. What would doubling down on this do to foster more startups, more scale-ups, and more acquisitions of businesses here and abroad by black entrepreneurs? For 42 years, the BBPA has been a beacon of support for the black business and black professionals. And now is the time for all of us to double down on these efforts. Double down on diversity, equity, and inclusion, because the data is 100% clear. DEI fuels innovation, it impacts the bottom line, and it retains and attracts valuable talent. Moving forward, I'm urging everyone to make DEI a strategic impairment, imp <laughs> imperative and advocate for black professionals and support black-owned businesses all year round, not just in Black History Month. And I really want you to join me on April 27th for the BBPA Harry Jerome Awards to witness the impact of investing in black excellence. So in closing, I would like to leave you with a quote. <laughs> As Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must cross the finish line together. The effort needed to make DEI ubiquitous in our country has only just begun. Together, let's create the conditions where the only answer to Happy Black History Month is happy to be black. Thank you. Great job. Great job. <laughs> this is going to be the easier part of the segment. Oh. <laughs> yes, now you get to relax into a comfortable seat. <laughs> and uh, that, that was fantastic. Thank you very much for, for getting us started. Um, I want to do a few things before I start asking you some questions. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate the board of the BBPA on uh, this brilliant choice for CEO. Uh, I also want to thank the Canadian Club of Toronto for hosting this event and, and for, for decades, uh, for decades being uh, a really strong and authentic partner to black communities. Um, for an organization that started as uh, a, a members only exclusive club for uh, wealthy and, and privileged uh, white men older white men so many years ago to see how uh, this organization has evolved over time um, and, and to see uh, how important diversity and inclusion have been to the Canadian Club of Toronto for so long, uh, I think is, is a testament to the fact that where there's a will, there's a way. So thank you, Canadian Club. Uh, over to you. I think we should first test uh, to see <laughs> if the audience was paying attention. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. 
<laughs> All right. Well Great. done. Love you're, it. you're a good teacher. <laughs> Repetition. Repetition. Yes. Yes. So, so I have a handful of questions for you. And, um, and again, uh, folks in the audience, you are welcome to submit questions uh, also. Um, so Leanne, uh, I'd like to help our audience get to know you a little bit better. Um, what would you like to point out uh, as a few of the more prominent themes or threads in your life? Thank you for that question. It, it actually helps me be a little bit more vulnerable, a skill that I'm, I'm working on. But if I had to really pick you know, two main themes in my life uh, is one, I'm a nerd. I am a certified nerd. Like I love math, I love numbers, I love putting things together, I like taking things apart. And that's not just like physically, that's like you know, even talking to people and just being super, super curious. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, led a big theme in my life in the things that I do um, and the places that I go and you know the knowledge that I collect. Um, I am a highly, I'm a, I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Proudly so. And I'm proud of that, I, I'm really proud, proud of that. Yeah. Um, another, another area that I think is a, a really major theme in my life is I, I like taking risks, hmm. you know? Um, and I would say calculated risks. Um, you know, I think my, my bio was pretty much read out there, and I, I spent a large portion of my early life, you know, in, you know, accounting, very, 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 you know, strict kind of methodology, you know, there's not much variation, but I took the opportunity to move to Paris, France, pratiquer mon français, pour parler en français. So it was a little, it was a little chance to do what I knew was regimented, but in another environment and like, and, and learn. Um, even at my time at uh, the stock, stock exchange, um, I took that opportunity to be more in community, take that risk of using my skills that, uh, using my skills in, in serving black communities, serving black women, and it's just taking that opportunity. And probably that's a little bit of the curiosity as well too. Mm -hmm. And then also just this risk, I, I mean, being chief executive officer, I like to say chief, empowerment officer mm -hmm. um, of the BBPA is also a little bit of a calculated risk, but I'm, I'm, I'm also just strengthened by the opportunities that I've had and I uh, think it's a, it's a good calculated risk and I'm hoping it's uh, rewarding for our communities. Amazing, amazing. Well, it's a, it's a very um, kind of unique and special mix of attributes that have brought you uh, to leadership and, and, are, and are guiding you, uh, empowering you through leadership, a great reminder that, uh, that we need all kinds of folks leading, and, uh, and it's really about what you do with those, those gifts and inclinations that, that really matters. Um, you do have a fabulous CV. We've, we've heard reference to- uh, You're the to executive an, search expert. So uh, yes, yeah. yes, and so I can attest, take my word for it. <laughs> she has a fabulous CV. Um, You've been a consultant with one of the big five firms, a, a CFO, a business owner, uh, a not-for-profit public sector and corporate board director. How are you hoping to translate those experiences into your work as CEO of the BBPA? Yeah, I, I think there's some key skills and key experiences that I've had. Um, I think my background in financial management financial sustainability, looking at different business models, um, helping organizations grow, helping organizations reach that stable point um, is a skill that I, I really think is invaluable for 
not only the BBPA, but B3 serving organizations and public sector organizations. Uh, governance, um, in my latest kind of inclination, I've had the opportunity to uh, be on a number of really great boards, particularly purpose-driven boards, mm. where I think it's very unique, the type of skills that bring people to those, that table. Uh, I want to also bring that to the BBPA, like in those relationships and that point of view, that worldview uh, that organizations like that have. Um, in terms of another area, um, I kind of touched on it, but um, being purpose-driven, hmm. um, being not only thinking about the bottom line, but what are those outcomes, particularly those intangible outcomes that being purpose-driven does. It, it, it's, it's not the same as being in the private sector. I, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about that. Um, um, and I, I really think to bring that to, to communities, it's about listening, it's about um, really putting at the center the folks who have the challenges mm -hmm. um, and to not be grandiose about knowing you know the solutions. No, they know the solutions. Mm -hmm. So how can we enable them in order to make it happen? Yeah. Where does that drive for purpose come from for you? Because um, there are a lot of examples of people who um, serve out a career in the corporate sector and approaching retirement, they say, now that I've done all of this and now I've, that I've earned all of this money, I'm ready to give back. But that's not, that, that's, yeah, you've taken yeah. a different path. Where's I'm the eldest daughter in a Caribbean household. <laughs> Some of you might know what that means. <laughs> but it means that from the very beginning, you know, you give. Like that is, that is almost in your DNA. Um, uh, that is almost in your DNA, and uh, I, I think it just threads through who I am is just the give and the purpose. And I'm using the skills that I've learned in other ways to make that more efficient, to make it more scalable, but purpose is, I think, really in, the D in my DNA. Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great. Um, so I'm starting to get questions from the audience already, and these are great. Um, uh, I say they're great because they line up with my agenda, so it's perfect. Uh, uh, joking aside, uh, so there's a question from the audience, what is your biggest goal as the new CEO of BBPA? I know this is early days for you, and, and uh, if, I, if I've read you right, you probably are going to want to spend some time listening and, and, and collecting input from others. Um, but to the extent that you want to touch on this one, what, what might be emerging as? Well, like you said, you know, it's only 30 days in. Yeah. Um, so my ears are open. I had a mentor who said, you need to use your ears more and your mouth less. You got two ears, one mouth, use it in that proportion. Mm. And so that's literally what, what I want to do. Um, it's early days. I'm collecting intelligence, really understanding what are some of the challenges. Um, understanding, you know, all the different stakeholders involved, and uh, really from then we'll kind of come up with a goal. But I know you want an actual answer, Nick. So, um, I I would say we are a 42-year-old institution. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of knowledge. Uh, we have a lot of ways of knowing. Um, and how do we capitalize on that? How do we scale with that? How do we partner with that? How do we create the systems? that makes it so that we can have more impact. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably a, a really big goal that's kind of coming out, and I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> because you know, I really want to hear from others to shape what those goals are. Yeah, very wise. 
Um, there's a question here about partnerships, uh, and, and, and I have one as well, so I'll start with mine and then, and then bridge to this one. Uh, there are several current and future BBPA partners in the room, in the audience, and, and online. Hello, online folks. Uh, why should organizations be lining up around the corner to partner with the BBPA? Oh, I think it's a no-brainer. It should be why shouldn't partners be lining up you know, to partner with the BBPA? Um, like I said, 42-year-old institution, we have ways of knowing, we have ways of being, and you know, fostering partnership is only really gonna help us scale and deliver, deliver impact. But I would say with any experience, we have to make sure that we have shared goals and we are similarly aligned. You know, we don't have to agree on everything. You know, I love saying we have, Ross and I have conversations with our, broad, our board chair. And you know, he says, we don't have to agree on everything, but we need to be aligned. And I think that's some of the aspects that we're looking for with partners. We're looking to solidify our relationships with our current par partners, broaden it a little bit, and seeing what other future partners also have that, have that alignment with us. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we wanna do big things. We wanna take calculated risks. So you know, partners with you know, big checks, you know, who can help fund our capabilities. I'm gonna put it out there, you know, yeah, I, you yeah, know. Absolutely. That, that would help us more than anything, you know. Um, small dollars that make you move in, in certain ways. I, you know, I, 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 I used to advise a lot of black women when it came to their finances, and they would often say, oh, maybe I could cut here and cut there. I'd be like, no, let's just think bigger. Where can we make it rain? Where can we make it bigger, hmm. you know, because more revenue, what's another, another term that we always used to say in the private sector, revenue cures all ills. <laughs> so, you know, let's do that, let's do that. So let's look for partners who really wanna do that. Amazing, amazing. Um, so a question from the audience. Uh, in this post-George Floyd climate of retrenchment from DEI, you spoke a lot about DEI in your opening re remarks. Um, retrenchment from DEI and backlash against the, the Black Lives Matter movement, how will you continue to attract and engage potential partners and allies? Does, does that kind of framing um, uh, spark any other thoughts on the question of partnering? Yeah, I, I believe that when you, you can have two choices, right? Um, you can, shine a light on something that is already shining to make that light brighter, or you can really attempt to go into the darkness and make that light brighter. There are some people who are really good at that latter one. You know, we have tons of models, particularly in the black communities, you know, you know, Martha Luther King Jr. that I talked about, you know, going into areas where it is kind of hostile and making, dragging people into the light um, I think more strategically, it would be better for organizations, for some of us to take the road of those people whose lights are already shining, how do we make them brighter? Mm. Um, and, you know, encourage them to be louder in their voices, mm -hmm. um, encourage them not to be silent, uh, help give them a big, you know, pulpit, a big you know, microphone so that they can be louder and not necessarily pay attention to folks who just don't get it. They don't get it, and that's okay. They don't get it, but I don't have to spend energy on it. Hmm. You know? um, energy is really important. It's probably 
more of a precious resource <laughs> than time and then money, so energy, let's go where the energy flows. Yeah, that's very consistent with your, your theme around doubling down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's not be silent, you know? Um, let's actually invest more. We've taken a risk, the reward is there, let's put more effort into it, let's double down. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, Leanne, it, 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 it's hard work that, that, that the BBPA is doing. Um, you will have your challenges at, at, as CEO. The board has challenges. Uh, the, the, uh, the organization has not lasted 42, 42, 42 years without um, taking on some serious challenges. Uh, what would you say are some of the hard truths we need to uh, face as we continue to promote equity and opportunity for the black community? These are tough questions, Nick. Mm -hmm. These are very tough questions. Mm -hmm. um, hard truths. Yes. I would say one of them, one of the hard truths is that we might not be answering the right questions. Mm. Um, I think in a lot of ways, we put a lot of effort into solving solutions for problems where we can be, we can like sit back and think about what is the bigger problem. I'll give you an example. Yes. Uh, I love being in women's spaces. I also, I'm in black spaces and the two collide sometimes, but being in women's spaces, there's often a conversation around, you know, pay inequity, mm. you know, income inequity, um, which is like, there's a lot of different solutions to solve that problem. But if we actually pull back, the problem is wealth inequity. Mm. The problem is distribution of assets. Mm. So if we have conversations to solve problems that we put all that energy in it, but at the same time, we're not really solving the larger problem, I, I, I think that that's a, a real big concern. So sometimes it's, it's really better to step back and say, what problem are we actually solving and devoting the energy around that particular, that particular problem? Um, can I just give you the one truth? Is that <laughs> that's a big one. That's, I think it's a big one. I think it's a big one. Uh, and that's the hard part, you know? I think yeah. um, just recognizing that we put energy into these solutions, so the dialing it back or the abandoning it is the hardest part, is yeah. the hardest part. Yeah. Um, and that's where we need to encourage more voices in the room. That's where we actually have to talk to the people who have the actual problems and the challenges and decenter ourselves mm. from those solutions. We have to look at the most marginalized and ask them what they are experiencing and how do they feel we need to provide support and not the other way around, saying, I think you need this, yeah. when that is actually not what they need. Yeah, that listening. Yep. Listening and iterating and yep. learning, experimenting. I, I often reflect on um, this insistence or the, this encouragement to fail fast and, and fail often. And it strikes me that one of the benefits of um, an organization like the BBPA, that the platform, the community, uh, the, the, the arena perhaps that it provides is, is a safer place for some folks to fail, uh, to be seen to fail and, and learn from those failures. It's, it's not always um, not every environment is safe for us to, to as obviously fail. Yeah, and I, I think even an organization like the BBPA being 42 year old, 
42 years old, we also have to get good at that as mm. well too, mm. you know? Um, understanding where our lane is, what we can be really, really good at, what we want to fail at and get better at, and what we want to fail and maybe leave it for somebody else and help them in order to make that, to make that happen. Um, so I, I don't think that that's something that you really stop doing. You might get better at it, but it's not something you stop doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we each uh, have, have come to know the BBPA perhaps in a different way. We each have a concept of, of what it is, what the work is. Um, perhaps it's our familiarity with the Harry Jerome Awards, or maybe we know uh, a business owner who has uh, drawn fuel in some way or other. Um, and, and, and we certainly don't want, uh, I, I can't imagine that you would want the organization to be known as the best kept secret in, in the black <laughs> community. So kind of what is, how, how do you think about and talk about the organization um, in, in a fulsome way? And what, what, um, what should we be thinking about when we, when we imagine who this organization is? Um, the BBPA is, like I said in my opening remarks, a B3 serving organization. So yeah, we do, we do have moments to celebrate achievement, which really needs to be done. Um, we help business owners, we help professionals navigate and feel inclusive in, in this economy. Um, but that work, that work is actually really, really hard work. Mm. Um, much like any other social sector business, much like any other purpose-driven business. Um, what I'm learning a lot, having had my career in like the private sector and now moving more and more into the public sector, is that money in the private sector is both an input and an expert, ex output. Right? So you put money in, you hire better talent, you, you know, find another you know, stream where you can actually have more money that, that comes out. It's both an input and an output. To me, that's really, I want to say simple, but, but it's not overly complex mm. in a lot of different ways. Versus a social sector business, um, I've really learned this a lot with my experience with Kids Help Phone, where I just ask them, like, how come everybody just loves kids help phone and the dollars that you guys do just do so many tremendous things it's because money might be the input but it's not the output it is actually those outcomes that are very very intangible mm -hmm. very very intangible and if you don't figure out what you want to do and how to measure that that's the difficult part it's way harder. I feel it's way harder than being in the private sector. Mm. It's way harder. Because um, a lot of that means that you're going to need a lot more what are called level five leaders. If you read good to great, you know, those people who are influencers, you know, they're not controllers. They're not thou shalt, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. They are like, hey, how do you feel about this? You know? Um, it also requires you to get money from folks and really know that you are going to be a really good steward of the, that dollar and that dollar is going to produce an outcome that they might not see the power of that outcome for years. Yes. And even they might see that that outcome is you avoided something, not yes. that something happened. Yes. Like that's to me is like way more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it because I'm a nerd. 
Yes. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna bring it back to that point, but you beat me to it. Well, and and just having you know the, the ways in which constraints um, are a stimulus for creativity and innovation. You know, you don't need to look any further than than the not-for-profit sector to to see that in in, in full force. Mm -hmm. I'm in full awe of you know leaders in the public sector and what they do. Um, they're they're champions. You know. Um, they're, do, they're doing the work, yes. you know? Um, even, even in um, my experience in CASI private public sectors or purpose-driven organizations, uh, the, the goal is things that are intangible, you know? Yep. The goals are things that will, will better our social fabric and better our well-being. How do you measure financial wellness? How do you measure um, those, those, those activities? What are we doing? Are we testing, are we measuring, and seeing what, what comes out of that? Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was, perhaps should have been on my agenda, wasn't, but, um, but, but I, I think this is a great one to ask of you. Uh, so it starts with a compliment. Uh, Leanne, you are, you are a remarkable role model for black youth. Oh. Um, what is your hope and vision for black youth? Ooh. I want black youth to feel valued just for being alive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We are intrinsically worthy. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to perform. We are intrinsically worthy. Hmm. Um, I want that to be natural. I want that to be ubiquitous. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You almost got me to tear there. Almost. Almost. I, I, I won't it. go there. I can see. <laughs> um, I'll. I'll, I'll um, Maybe I'll ask. Uh, maybe I'll ask this this final question. Um, inspiration comes in all forms. Uh, who has uh, inspired you? Whose story or what stories um, do you often find yourself drawing upon for for inspiration? Um, I mean, I could say like you know Toni Morrison. I could mm -hmm. say you know. Um, Denim Jolly, who's the founder of, of the BBPA, one of the founders. But I think what inspires me is women in my everyday life. They're big supporters. They are heart-forward people. And, and one of them that I want to single out is Adenike O'Neill, Nikki O'Neill. Um, she is a brilliant interior designer and she succumbed to breast cancer uh, last July. She was uh, one of my closest friends. And she entered the world of interior design, a very, very white world, a very interesting world where everybody seems to like Scandinavian furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and she introduced her Nigerian background into design. 
and was taking the interior design world by storm. She was on City Line, like she was in House and Home, like had all these partnerships. She was working with IKEA. She's just a force, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, she just did it. She just did it. And the fact that she's my friend and the fact that I could see this happening, like I always called her my little sister because she's younger than me. Mm. And now she's my ancestor. Mm. So I'm just like, you know, that inspires me. Someone who's taking their roots, particularly roots of African descent and blending it into Canadian culture to create and to expand. So yeah, um, Nikki O'Neill. That's really beautiful. So we do need to wrap up. Um, uh, on behalf of the audience, uh, I think it's safe to say that we're really proud of you. We're behind you. We're behind uh, the organization and, and BBPA and all of the great work that you're doing. You could also be in front, too. You know. uh, okay. <laughs> it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Um, any last words you want to leave us with as, uh, as Glenn uh, makes his way to the podium? I'm just really grateful. Um, I just really feel love and support. Um, there's a lot of work to do, and we really need to do this work together. So I'm open, I have an open heart, and I just think that I am, again, very grateful for the opportunity that the BBPA board has given me, and uh, look forward to talking more, and learning more, and shaping our culture together. Amazing. feel like we should fade out now. That was such a wonderful ending, so I, I won't belabor it, but Leanne, on behalf of the club, thank you so much for sharing your passion and your authenticity with us. I mean, you are so clearly serving your calling and being true to your inner nerd and, and your outer leader. I would say that, I mean, my experience this afternoon is that your, your leadership style and, and charisma and, and vision, it's so on display. And I am excited by what you can contribute to the BBPA, and we'd love to invite you back for an update at some point at this podium in the future. Looking forward to hearing how you double down, for sure. And, uh, and Nick, thank you so much for joining us and leading such a lovely conversation. Before we close, I'd like to invite you to join the live stream tomorrow for an evening panel discussion we're having on the new federal conservative movement and its impact on Canada. On March 6th, we'll host a panel discussion on the revitalization of the Canadian mining ecosystem, featuring speakers from BMO, Agnico Eagle, and Glencore. And let me conclude by thanking our AV partner, VVC Live, for facilitating today's event. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and we hope to see you all again soon. Thank you. <laughs>